What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. What is going on, guys? This is the August 21st edition of the Tuesday Touchback. I am your host, Dale Lippin, here to talk all things sports betting for the the weekend of August 18th, 2018, what we hit on, what we missed, and everything in between. I want to get started by saying, when you are on, you are on. And man, did we kill it this weekend on PGA Golf. Brant Snedeker won. Webb Simpson made a push, and that push actually had him in first place with Snedeker having three holes left to play, and then a bogey on 18, and then Snedeker just absolutely crushing it, finishing strong. Uh, Got the win for him. CT Pan fell apart. Got us that one-two finish like we called. It was absolutely fantastic. If you got on that, congratulations. I'd love to see a slip. Uh, Feel free to tag us on Twitter, Instagram, or shoot it to me via email, and I can host it on one of our social media accounts as well. Going to do things a little bit different tonight uh, as Soup is not feeling well, so that uh, I am flying solo. So I wanted to take this opportunity to go over a couple announcements as far as the podcast is concerned. First and foremost, we are overwhelmed at the amount of support that we've received so far. The support from this community and just the overall positive feedback that we've gotten has been fantastic. And uh, I speak on behalf of Soup when I say this, that we are uh, we are very thankful and feel very grateful to have an audience. Uh, our, the response to this podcast has been outstanding, and we thank you for that. And in the spirit of doing that, um, you know, and, and full transparency also being a little self-serving here, we want to do a Amazon gift card giveaway, um, and we're going to do that after we reach 20 iTunes reviews. So right now, we have nine ratings and three actual written reviews. Once we reach 20, we'll pick a reviewer at random, and you'll be getting an Amazon gift card in the mail. We'll talk off channel, I'll get your information, and we'll get you an Amazon gift card. And if we can get a decent response and feedback from this. Um, I think the the giveaway thing is something that we want to do quite often because the whole premise of this podcast is to give back. So we would be remiss if we didn't give more. So, you know, we want to help people and we want other people to be able to help others. So we're just going to keep paying it forward. So leave us a review, like, subscribe, the whole nine, um, and you know, make sure you get in there and write something out. So that way, you know, when we announce the winner on a future episode, you know who you are. 
because we want to be able to get that information to you. We want to be able to get that prize to you. And we're going to do it at 20 and maybe we'll do another one after we get those 20 and we'll just keep doing it. It could be, you know, if we, if we do it real quick, if I go check this on Saturday and we've got 20 reviews and guess what, we're going to do it again and we'll do it again and we'll do it again. It's going to be fantastic. Listen, if we're calling right picks and we're winning, that means you're winning. That means we can all win together. So let's get some reviews in and let's get some gift cards handed out. I mean, I think that's a win-win. Uh, so like I said, soup's feeling a little under the weather tonight. So you get me and a, a cold bottle of beer. So I'm going to apologize in advance for the sips that I'm going to be taking periodically. But what I wanted to do with this episode, uh, Dana White just came out and said that he's evaluating the the value of the UFC at $7 billion. Now, I don't agree with that. Um, from a pay-per-view standpoint, their numbers are down. From a market saturation standpoint, um, viewership is down because there's too many events. There's too many fighters employed on the UFC roster. I would hate to be a guy that's, you know, treading water around the 45 to 50 mark as a UFC lightweight. I mean, it's just got to be treacherous. I mean, there's no way that you can earn a living uh, doing that. So, I mean, it's no wonder that half these guys, almost three quarters of them, have full-time jobs outside of fighting. And from the physical standpoint that it takes on them, that's, you know, it shouldn't be like that, and it is. And I understand that going after a dream and chasing after it comes with certain sacrifices and nobody's making them get into a cage. Nobody's, you know, telling them they have to fight. Um, it's a, it's a choice. So, you know, the way I look at it, what I take my salary, what I make a year. And if I, you know, staying in shape and somebody called me up and said, Hey, you want to fight? You want to make 25,000? That's just money on top of what I'm making for the year. So yeah, for sure. Why not? Um, and you see things like that with like Ally Kenta always talks about, you know, how he's got that real estate business that does really well. Brian Stan, um, you know, I think a little bit was him realizing he was never going to be champion, but, uh, you know, that guy was making more money outside of the cage than he was in between commentary gigs and real estate and coaching. And, uh, you know, he was doing football, uh, commentary for a while. I mean, the guy had his hands in a million different pies and it didn't make sense for him to continue fighting and taking that punishment on the brain. And I don't blame him one bit. Um, but I guess it's a little bit of what's your intelligence level, skill set level outside of the cage coupled with what's your desire and need for legacy within the cage. Plus just sort of how much you like money. Um, I mean, I can't imagine if you are making a hundred thousand dollars a year or something like that, you know, that you would be super motivated to maintain that full-time job and train to compete at the highest level of mixed martial arts. But maybe you do. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the audience. I don't know every member of the audience. Maybe there are people out there like that. And I don't want to be ignorant in saying that. Um, but all that to say that, you know, Dana White is saying that the, 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 the valuation of the company is over uh, company is over 7 billion. And I just, I think that's really high. Um, you know, just the pay-per-view qualities lately have just been down. Um, it's, it's that, and it's also, I'm just, there's questionable matchups being made on the actual pay-per-view fight cards themselves, which I don't 
understand at all. And I, you know, I want to give some examples here, in particular with this upcoming Woodley and Darren Till pay per view. I swear I don't understand this order at all. Um, you know, obviously Woodley versus Till main event. Okay, cool. Uh, Nico Montano and Valentina Shevchenko. Hopefully Montana shows up so she can give the belt to Shevchenko for, and that's that's co-main, and I get that. All right, but Carla Sparza and Tatiana Suarez, what on earth are we doing there? There is no way that that should be a pay-per-view fight, especially when you look at the prelims and you've got John Dodson versus Jimmy Rivera. Jimmy Rivera, mind you, who you just booked as a headliner several months back. So he goes from headlining, and yes, he got knocked out. Okay. Um, But how do you go from being a headliner to being the opening card on F, or the opening fight on the FX portion of the card against John Dodson? John Dodson versus Jimmy Rivera should be uh, in the pay-per-view card. And Carla Esparza and Tatiana Suarez should just let, let them be on the prelims on FX. Let them do that. Uh, the rest of the card, uh, the the prelim card, you know, Cody Stamen versus Aljamain Sterling, Shore, Charles Bird, Darren Stewart, okay, Abdul Razak, Alassane, and Nico Price. That's a great fight, too. That should be the premier bout of the prelim card. Switch Cody and Aljamain and put that, put Alhassan and Nico Price up at the top there. Nico Price is an animal, and Abdul Razak Alhassan is wild. That guy is born to brawl. Uh, that f- <laughs> that fight is either going to be three rounds of mayhem or it's going to be over really quick. Um, I doubt you'll see lines on when that uh, when that fight will end. You know, will it complete two rounds or one whole round? I doubt you'll see that. But if you can get it under two and a half for sure, let's do that. Um, the rest of the prelim card shakes out pretty nice. As far as fight pass goes, Diego Sanchez versus Craig White. Again, why are you burying a fan favorite like Diego Sanchez on fight pass? Why? The guy, this is probably going to be his swan, uh, swan song. I feel like Craig White's too big for him. Craig White didn't look good in his UFC debut, but he also took the fight on short notice and cut a ton of weight. Like, legitimately, I think it was like a ton. It was like 40 pounds or something like that. It was wild. I was wondering how the guy was even alive still. So you got him fighting Diego Sanchez. Again, Diego, fan favorite. Uh, tough one alum. You got to put the guy... You know, put him on, on TV. People want to see him fight. I mean, he's listen. He is a bleeder. He's a brawler. People love that. Put him on TV, not bury him on Fight Pass. Jim Miller versus Alex White again. Disrespectful in the sense that Jim Miller. This this probably will be his last fight. Um, Alex White is no joke. Jim Miller has seen better days, and he's getting up there in age. I feel like this card has the potential to have two retirements on it in Diego and. Uh, Jim Miller, unless Diego goes to Bellator, which is always an option. You know, Bellator loves guys that should have retired 10 years ago. Um, and the rest of them, they belong on fight pass and that's fine. But if you're trying to say that your company's worth 7 billion, you need to put yourself, uh, in a position that when you're examined underneath a microscope, people can say, Oh yeah, you're putting out high quality product. That makes sense. Uh, and that's just not the case. We're not seeing that at all. Um, you know, I also want to go over some of the, the 
the fights that have been announced recently since the last time we covered anything UFC. And we're definitely, Friday's episode is going to be primarily um, UFC bets and odds for this event coming up this weekend in Nebraska, where you've got James Vick versus Justin Gaethje. So I'm not touching that card at all because I definitely want you guys to come back on Friday and we, we need to get those picks in for sure. Um, so some new fights that have been announced. Uh, Tiago Santos, who we just had picked uh, to beat Kevin Holland a few weeks back, is stepping up again and fighting Jimmy Manuel in Brazil. This one's a tough one in the sense that you never know what Jimmy Manuel is going to show up. Um, I will say this. The way Santos looked against Kevin Holland, I did not. I was not a big fan of that performance. He won, sure. But, man, that like weird rushing in with your hands down, trying to throw just big looping hooks. Uh, a guy with crisp stand-up like Jimmy Manoa is going to eat that chin up. And... Santos has shown that he's got a propensity to being knocked out. And Jimmy Manoa can put hands on chin. That being said, Jimmy Manoa has been knocked out before too. So Maheta gets, or uh, yeah, Maheta gets out there and he starts throwing him legs around. And, you know, you, you, you never know with a fight like this. It's definitely not going five rounds. These guys don't have the, the cardio for it. Um, but that's uh, that's an interesting matchup. I'm not totally set either one way or the other on that yet. I'm going to have to, you know, sleep on a little bit more. Uh, The rest of the card, though, is actually really interesting. It's one of the better Brazilian cards that they've put together in a long time. Tanya Evinger versus Ketlin Vieira in the co-main. I like that. Smiling Sam Alvey. This guy walks out to his soul sister by train. I don't get it, but sure. Uh, Fighting Little Nog. Um, and Lil Nog is still saying he's got gas left in the tank. I don't know. Sam Alvey hits pretty hard. He's a little bit of a weirdo, but he hits hard. I'd like to see what comes of that fight. Uh, Neil Magny versus Alex Oliveira. That's a great fight. That is a great fight. Um, Neil Magny's got a gas tank and he fought a more talented version of Alex Oliveira in Hector Lombard. Um, and survived the storm or weathered the storm rather of Hector Lombard and then got him out of there. I, I like that fight a lot. Antonio Carlos Jr. Versus Elias Theodoro. Theodoro might be one of the more boring fighters in the UFC to watch. I, I don't like looking at him. I don't like watching him fight. It's all these goofy little sidekicks and, you know, he plays with his mouthpiece like Steph Curry does. And he just, he's a, I don't enjoy him at all. Um, I, try not to let my I'm going to try not to let my feelings come into play whenever we get to that event and I'm putting my picks in but just know I might be a little biased with that one Evan Dunham versus Francisco Trinaldo great fight bloodbath for sure um Henan Burrell versus Andre Yule why again again former Bantamweight champ you're burying him he's seven fights down I understand the guy's on a on a on a losing streak uh you know, you got to put names out there. It's just, it's crazy. Then you got an, another, like, look, listen, Sergio Morais, Ben Saunders, Talis Ladies versus Hector Lombard, Bilal Muhammad versus Zaliski De Santos. There is a ton, ton of quality matchups on this card. By all means, one of the best uh, 
fight nights, and especially one of the fight nights that they've done in Brazil in a long time. That's a stacked card. I'm really excited for that one. Um, and let's see what else they got going on here. I'm trying to think what's what's coming up. Um, they, oh, they got the I forgot all about it. You got the Russia card, Mark Hunt versus Alexi Olenek. So here's how I feel about this. If Mark Hunt loses this fight, he's done. Um, he's not done in the UFC, or he's not done in MMA, I don't think, but he's definitely done in the UFC. I don't know how many fights he has left on his contract. I think he's got two left, this one and one more. Um, but I don't see, I don't see him losing this fight. Uh, Alexio Linnick can be hit. Of course, he's got the Ezekiel choke, but you got to have a neck for that. And Mark Hunt doesn't have a neck. He has, he has a, a head that rests upon two shoulders. Um, and I'm using the definition of shoulders loosely there because he doesn't have a lot of definition to begin with. I love Mark Hunt. He's built like a, a box that your refrigerator comes in. Um, Nikita Krylov versus Jan Black or Blankowitz. Yeah, Krylov's back. I think he beat, he gets Yawn out of there. CB Dalloway, Omari Akhmedov. Akhmedov's going to starch him. Um, Christoph Jocko, Adam Yandiev. Uh, I think Jocko wins that. Here's the one that's in question about this because uh, it just came out today. Desmond Green was in a pretty bad car wreck there um, in Florida where a couple people actually lost their lives in the wreck. He was not one of them. Um, And, you know, thoughts and prayers to the families affected in that. Uh, They haven't said whether or not this fight is going to be rescheduled or not. If it is, in fact, rescheduled or... It goes through, rather. Merbeck Tysimov is a monster, and I think this is a terrible fight for Des Green. I think he's going to lose the fight. Um, and then you've got Cajun Johnson making a quick turnaround and going up, uh, going up against Rustam Kabalov. And Kabalov is a sleeper that doesn't fight often, so people forget how good he is. Um, that's a bad fight for uh, Cajun Johnson. So... That's sort of some of the things that I'm excited about as far as UFC's upcoming. Oh, oh my goodness. I forgot all about it. Bellator. We got Rory McDonald versus Gegard Mousasi coming up. Unbelievable fight. And I love Rory McDonald in this fight. I want to see what middleweight Rory looks like. And I think he has the tools to beat Gegard. Um, not that Musasi is a slouch by any means whatsoever. I just haven't been impressed with the way that he's fought the last couple times that he's he's had fights. So I think that McDonald has sort of entered into his element and entered into his prime in Bellator, and it just really feels at home there. And I think that Rory's going to get him out of there. And, uh, you know, what's crazy is, is they're talking about putting McDonald into the welterweight Grand Prix and every fight that he has in the Grand Prix is going to be a title fight. Like he wants to put his he wants to put his title on the line in every fight in the Grand Prix. Which if he does that, that's unheard of. I mean, you know that, that that's absolutely wild. It's a it's slight insanity too because you could have some guy that you know necessarily does, didn't earn a title shot becoming the champion, and then still fighting and then losing it. I mean, by the time it's done, you could have three different champs in a course of you know, nine months or however long they take to get through this thing. It's absolutely wild. Um, 
And then if he wins, you know, the whole middleweight division is just being held up at Bellator. Not that there it's a super deep division, but uh, you know, it's it's just I don't know, you're just really putting the whole thing on hold there. Um and October sixth, you know, we're gonna we're gonna cover it a lot more in depth, but October sixth, UFC two twenty nine, Khabib versus McGregor. Um they just announced another fight for this card too. Uh, Gray Maynard's coming back and fighting Nick Lentz. I like that fight a lot for Nick Lentz. I think he's going to win that one. I think he's going to win it going away. That's a good fight. Um, also, Michelle Waterson's coming back on that card, so it'll be nice to see her back again. Uh, the rest of the card is a, leaves a little bit to be desired, if we're being honest. Um, and I know we said that before in a previous ex. Uh, episode Derek Lewis versus Alexander Volkov is going to be a great fight. I feel like the winner of that gets the next title shot after they figure out what this whole Brock Lesnar, Stipe, DC circle of doom is. Um, I would like to see Dos Santos, or I'm sorry, not Dos Santos. I'd like to see Stipe either fight Junior Dos Santos or rematch for the belt. I don't think that he's as deserving as an, of an immediate rematch as, say, Mighty Mouse. But I'm also not a big fan of immediate rematches either because it holds the division up. you got guys like Derek Lewis and Alexander Volkov, JDS. These guys have been grinding for a while, and they're all after a title shot. And when you do this circus stuff like bring Lesnar in or you do immediate rematches, it's not just the heavyweight division. It's any division. And you, you do these quick turnaround immediate rematches, it's just, it holds everybody up. The rest of these guys are fighting. They want legacy. You know, they're after, they're after having their name, you know, uh, uh, in the bright lights. They want to be on the marquee. They want to be on the front of the poster. And you're just holding that up with this just immediate rematch after immediate rematch. Um, you know, and then on the flip side of this, you have Khabib versus Connor and you make it for the lightweight title again. Now, Unless Connor signed an agreement for this, saying that he's willing to fight whatever two more times in the next eighteen months, given his health holds out, why are you making this for the title? Just make it an exhibition, because let's say he does the unthinkable and he comes in and he and he knocks him out, right? Or he finishes Khabib. Yeah, I mean he's not going to submit him. Yeah, he knocks him out. Okay, you give Connor the belt again. Then he disappears for another year, eighteen months, whatever. You strip him. You got Tony Ferguson waiting in the wings. You got Khabib in limbo. You have all this, all these fighters just hanging out with nobody sure what to do or when to do it. If you're Tony Ferguson and you got stripped of your interim belt and you got Khabib that I guess is the legitimate champ now, if I'm Tony Ferguson, I'm not taking another fight unless I know it's to legitimize my belt. If you got the money and you can wait, just wait, dude. Just wait. There's no need. So Khabib versus Connor, um, you know, as this gets closer, we're going to do really deep dive in. I still feel like this is this is Khabib's fight to lose. Um, I think he's going to win this, and you know, I feel like Soup had a pretty good breakdown of the fight and how it's going to go. You know, obviously he's concerned about being hit and head movement and things of that nature, but I think that if he can get in, there's really not much Connor can do to stop the takedowns, nor. Uh, is he going to have much success in, you know, 
fighting off of his back, which is surely what Khabib's game plan is all day, is to get him fighting off his back. Um, so yeah, I mean that's some of the stuff that I've been looking that we're looking forward to as far as UFC is concerned. You know, football season is rapidly approaching. So, 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 so close. Um, preseason football is what it is. Uh, you know, there's my biggest hang up with preseason football. And I mean, I know guys got to get minutes and I know they got to, you know, they got to get a feel for the speed of the game again. But man, just the the injuries are just, it's just brutal. Um, it's just brutal. Uh, saw today that Adrian Peterson signed with the Redskins. That's a great pickup for them. Um, you know, he signed for veteran minimum, but I think that he, you know, he gives them depth and a couple options. Uh, you know, you lost juice and, um, their marshals hurt, Perrine's hurt. Uh, you know, I think Rob Kelly probably gets the start, but bringing Peterson in is a big, it's a big addition in the sense that, you know, the guy can still run, you know, he's not, obviously he's not the AP of old, uh, but we're talking about a guy that's got, you know, I think seven pro bowls. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just wild. You know, the, the guy still has talent and he, he's definitely a dynamic rusher still. And I think that's a good pickup for them for sure. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to think of what else I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah, so little NFL action and then NBA action too. I saw uh, a lot of guys getting signed as far as veterans that are in search of a home. And I got to looking, and Jamal Crawford has still not been signed. I would love to see Jamal Crawford play one more year. I don't think he's a ring chaser but the guy gives you quality minutes off the bench and he can score I wouldn't be upset if he put on a Lakers jersey um that being said talking about being upset about people putting on Lakers jerseys the LeBron signing hurts my heart in a way as a Lakers fan I didn't know I didn't know it could hurt um you know realistically I think that that LeBron signing with the Lakers is nothing more than a smoke and mirrors attempt to eliminate Kobe Bryant from the greatest of all time conversation. So he waits until Kobe's gone and he knows Kobe's not coming back. Uh, and depending on what argument that you have or what circles you run in, you have the MJ versus LeBron versus Kobe argument and most people say that Kobe's not even in the discussion it's LeBron uh if anybody's going to come close to MJ however ask MJ who he thinks and he's going to tell you Kobe so if you're asking the goat who the number two is uh you should probably respect that if you respect him as being the goat now if you don't respect him as being the goat and you like LeBron better okay that's fine we can do the MJ versus LeBron debate all day long the issue I have with the LeBron signing is this though is LeBron is as privy to everything else that people are saying about him as uh, you know as you would expect him to be because he does in fact care what his public perception is um 
Hence the reason why he always does a little sub tweets and his little Instagram videos and everything else. He cares. He may not burn her account like Kevin Durant care, but he cares. So, you know, he says to himself, what is a way that I can eliminate this conversation and make it more about me? Well, I'll just sign to the Lakers because, you know, I obviously have no loyalty. I'll play wherever, but, uh, you know, Kobe played his entire career for this one team. He's arguably the greatest Laker of all time. And definitely, uh, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player of all time. But again, it's not that debate. Um, you have LeBron saying, well, I can eliminate him out of this discussion because the way the media climate is, the moment I put on a Lakers jersey, they'll say I'm the greatest Laker that's ever that's ever played. I'm the greatest Laker that's ever put on the jersey. So LeBron goes out and scores two points in a Lakers uniform, and there will be the Skip Baylesses, the, the Stephen A's, the – Max Kellerman's of the world um, and every other guy with a voice is going to, you know, they're going to hop on this. LeBron is the greatest Laker ever. It's already started. I've seen it other places. I just can't remember where it was to even, you know, uh, cite it, but it's all the, the discussion's already happening, which is ludicrous to the 10th degree. It's ludicrous. Um, But like I said, this is all just a, a subtle espionage style attack by LeBron to eliminate Kobe out of that discussion. Because if he can instill doubt on whether or not he was ever even the best player to play on his team, you can't make the argument that he was the best player to ever play. So I think the entire thing is just an elaborate plan by LeBron. I really do. Um, I give him no credit. I think he's a hundred percent him just trying to, uh, yeah, he's basically just taking cheap shots, um, you know, kicking somebody while they're down sort of situation here. You know, obviously Kobe's not in the league still to defend himself uh, from that. But I think that public perception and time will, you know, eventually, you know, like water always finds its level. I think that one – all of this comes out in the wash and LeBron eventually gets busted for PEDs, which you can't tell me a guy that's played 16 seasons in the league that looks the way he does and competes the way he competes has never even rolled an ankle before um, outside of maybe a broken nose, which I don't blame anybody for wanting to break that thing. Um, you know, if that's the case, then a hundred percent, you know, obviously it's all speculation, but uh, I'm not saying the guy didn't use, I'm not saying he did either. I'm just saying it looks suspicious. That's all. Anybody that competes at anything, uh, doing it for that period of time, as much as, as often as he has, is bound to get hurt. I mean, you know, you cut your grass every weekend for 25 years, you're bound to eventually twist your ankle cutting your grass. I'm just saying. So I, I think I, I'm just, again, not saying he's a user. I'm just saying it looks suspicious. That's all. So I think that LeBron signing, uh, between him and Lonzo, I, I'm just – I'm over being a Lakers fan right now. Um, I'm basically teamless. I'm floating uh, 
in a sea of uncertainty, waiting and hoping that the Sonics come back. Um, because if the Sonics come back, then I will re-pledge my allegiance back to my first love, and that is the Seattle Sonics. Gary Payton, wherever you're at, man, uh, basically shaped my entire childhood playing ball. Um, so, yeah, the LeBron signing hurts. The the Lonzo addition, I, I think we could have gotten a lot better players. I'm, I'm bummed out that we took him. I don't think that he's going to be in the league five years from now. Um, I may come back and regret that. I mean, obviously his dad thinks he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's going to be in the league five years from now. Uh, but that's that, That's my opinion. So, yeah, little UFC action, what we're looking forward to. Little NFL, little NBA. Uh, and we, like I said, we crushed golf this weekend. Absolutely crushed it. Listen, we're going to come back on Friday. We're going to do bets for the fights and we're going to go in depth. We're going to give full breakdowns of the main card. If you like what we're doing and you know, it's a process and people have to trust the process and we have to know that what we're doing is legit. We're doing things differently here with the fistful of cash podcast. We want to create a culture of winning success, but also shared success and shared winning. Um, and in doing that, you know, there is a little bit that comes with that. So we, you know, I mentioned it in the first episode and I haven't said it since, and I'm going to say it now and, you know, I'll, I'll just touch on it here and there, especially with college football coming back, especially with, uh, NFL getting ready to start. And, you know, once NBA kicks off and you have hockey seasons coming up, things are going to get crazy around here. Um, we have a Patreon page set up and we have different tiers of membership where, we are offering full breakdowns of UFC cards from the curtain jerkers to the main events. We're offering NCAA football, AP top 25 teams. Every weekend, you'll get a breakdown and a winner for every top 25 team. That's the second tier. The third tier will get you NFL, every NFL game. Every AP top 25 college football game and every UFC fight card top to bottom for the calendar month that you're a member. So you sign up and you're tier one, you get UFC. Tier two, you get college football and UFC. Tier three, NFL, college football and UFC for the entire calendar month. It's unbeatable. Our track record, I understand this is only five episodes in, but the proof is in the pudding here. Soup and I have the ability to make ourselves money, and we want to make you money. We want to line your pockets. You can put some money in our pockets. You can wet our beak a little bit. That's fine. We appreciate that. And like I said, we've been overwhelmed with the love and support thus far. That's great, and I appreciate that. But that being said... Let's all pay it forward more. Kick some money our way, wet the beak a little bit, absolutely. But in doing so, you unlock unlimited earning potential for yourself. Because you may say, oh, I listen to Friday's show and those three or four fights or those five or six games they covered, those are great. But I'm a Baltimore fan. They didn't even touch on Baltimore. And I need to know what's going on there. 
become a Patreon supporter. You know, each week we'll go over ones that we feel are, you know, ones that pique our interest the most and ones that we like and we want to break down and we want to share our knowledge and our research with the, with the public. But realistically, there's a lot going on behind the scenes here between him and I and, and our, our group of our team basically behind us that are constantly studying film analytics. We want to be the number one spot and we're going to be. It's not a if, it's a when. Jump on this train early. Jump on it now. The Fistful of Cash podcast will be the number one spot for sports betting information moving forward. I don't just think it. I know it. So get in early. We've got all kinds of stuff set up on the Patreon page. First 50 Patreon supporters are going to get limited edition Fistful of Cash podcast t-shirts. These things are sweet. You'll have the logo on the breastplate. And we're probably going to put something on the back. We're not sure yet. But man, just the prelim designs look fantastic. Um, you know, like I said, we're doing the gift card gives giveaways for every 20 iTunes reviewers. By all means, like, support, share, interact. We're all there. The whole team is watching social media. The whole team is monitoring the email. Get in there. Interact with us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like and what you think moving forward. And we would love to see you uh, on social media following us. We'd love to see you post uh, slips from the bets that we give you. Uh, that would be fantastic. We'd love to see that success. You follow our social media, we post our winning slips. We don't just talk about it. We walk it how we talk it. And you will see winning slips up there. Uh, if I tell you that Webb Simpson's going to make a push, I'm putting that slip up because I wouldn't give you the advice that I wasn't willing to bet myself. And I do bet everything that I say on this podcast. And I will continue to do that as a matter of one, I believe in myself. And two, it's a matter of integrity. I wouldn't tell you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. So that being said, get on there, make the bet, win, win with me. Let's make, you know, let's make history together. Let's win some money. Let's win some money together. Um, So on behalf of soup, I'm your host, Dale Lippin. Just want to say thanks again. You could be any other place in the world listening to any other podcast, but you're here, and I appreciate that. And I just want to leave you guys with a parting thought that, again, we are super thankful for you, and we appreciate all the support. 20 iTunes reviews, we're giving away Amazon gift cards. 50 Patreon supporters, they're all getting T-shirts. Like, subscribe, review. Appreciate it, guys. We'll see you on Friday for fights. Let's get ready.